Hello, it is February 23rd. I am Trent Reinsmith, and this is another edition of the Daily Come On Now MMA podcast. First thing I want to talk about is, I guess today is the 20th anniversary since um, the Fertitta brothers bought the UFC and hired their buddy to be the president. And so the myth, once again, is that Dana White, well, the myth that's getting spread around is that Dana White is the guy that built the UFC. Now, if you've been around more than a year, you know that that's a falsehood. Dana White was the guy, the money man put in, in charge of the UFC. Dana White is the face of the UFC. The Vertita brothers were the smarts of the UFC. Without the Vertita brothers, there's no UFC as we know it today. Without Dana White, we don't know if there's a UFC as we know it today. Is it possible it would have failed? Sure. Is it possible it would have succeeded? Sure. So here's the um, why I'm why I'm speaking about this. There's a tweet that said, um, "On this day in 2001, Dana White and the Fertitta brothers host their first UFC event after acquiring the company for two million. Of course." Acquiring the company for $2 million was the Fertitta brothers, not Dana White. Today, after Endeavor purchased the UFC for $4 billion in 2016, Dana White is worth more than $500 million. Hate him or love him, that's legendary. And what irritates me about this is that it's a myth. It's a myth. The UFC went, and let me check my notes here, until... In 2005, the Fertitta brothers, note that Fertitta brothers, not Dana White, had spent $34 million, according to reports, and this was from the Boston Herald, had spent $34 million on the UFC. And then they came up with the idea to do the Ultimate Fighter, the first one, and no one wanted it. And so the UFC, Fertitta brothers, forked out another $10 million to pay for the production costs of The Ultimate Fighter. So the turning point of the UFC was that first season of The Ultimate Fighter, mainly the finale fight between Forrest Griffin and Stefan Bonner. Without that, I don't know if the UFC succeeds. Again, quite possible if the Fertitta brothers would have been forking over more money, quite possible that they would eventually had had turned things around. But again, the turning point wasn't the hiring of Dana White. The turning point was the ultimate fighter and the finale fight. So the myth that Dana White was the fight genius irritates me because if he was such a fight genius, then why was the UFC 34 plus 10, $44 million in the hole before the Ultimate Fighter. You would have thought if he was such a fight genius, he would have been able to turn it around immediately. He didn't. The reason the UFC succeeded was because the Fertitta brothers were willing to risk a shit ton of money, not because Dana White's a genius. Remember, Dana White got his friends, the Fertittas, to buy the UFC. 
for two million. Without that two million, the UFC probably dies back uh, back then. So don't don't give Dana White all this credit because I mean, does he deserve some credit? Sure. But the bulk of the credit for the success of the UFC and that $500 million that Dana White is worth today should go to the Fertitta brothers. Because without them, Dana White, who knows what he's doing, but he's not running the UFC probably. Very slim chance that without the Fertittas, he is running the UFC. So I just want to mention that because it never fails that when someone outside the sport gets involved, they give undue credit for the entire success of the UFC to Dana White, which, nope, never. It's not true. It'll never be true. The bulk of the success tied directly to the Fertitta brothers and their money. So keep that in mind, not because I don't like Dana White, just the facts. Going back here to UFC Vegas 19, Curtis Blades. It's clear, it's become clear over time that the UFC is not and has not been a fan of Curtis Blades. When he scored, I think, 14 takedowns against Volkov and shot 25. So he was shooting a takedown, one takedown per minute during that fight. Um, Dana White shit on him. So he had a dominant performance and Dana White took a dump all over Curtis Blades. So the only way Curtis Blades was going to get a title shot from the UFC was if he was, if it wasn't, unless they were, if they were forced to do so. And on Saturday night, Derek Lewis made sure that that wasn't going to happen, at least for the foreseeable future. So the, the path for the UFC now is Miocic and Ngannou in March. Jones is going to fight the winner of that. If it's Ngannou, probably sometimes in 2021. If it's Miocic, we don't know because he seems to be more than happy to fight on his schedule. So that could be up to a year or more. And then I'm going to assume that Derek Lewis is next in line. And then Blades is going to have to keep fighting and try and reestablish himself and get back in the mix to get a another title eliminator, more or less. And can he can he do that? Will the UFC be willing to do that? Or will the UFC start matching him up against the up-and-coming fighters who it thinks can beat him just to get him fully out of the picture? I don't know. What I do know is that Curtis Blades is kind of in the same situation that Corey Anderson was in. He's a good fighter who the UFC does not like because of his style and who the UFC is not going to promote because of his style. That's become clear. And so my question then is, does Curtis Blades bite out his contract and then look at Bellator or PFL or one? Um, if I'm him, I'm going to guess the UFC hasn't been too great with paying him just because they don't like his style. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at the PFL. Uh, there's a, a, a route for him for a million-dollar win, and we've seen anybody but the top, top, top uh, fighters in the heavyweight division, the hard hitters, 
are going to struggle to beat Curtis Blades just because of his wrestling. So why not fight out his contract, take a, take a chance at the PFL. If he doesn't get through, go elsewhere. If he gets through, he wins a million bucks. So if I'm Curtis Blades, I'm departing the UFC as soon as possible and bidding them a fine farewell and wishing them luck and moving on. Um, because it's just, that relationship is not good and it's not going to get any better. Um, Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis is in a, like I said, he's in a weird situation too. So he wants to stay active. He wants to fight Alistair Overeem, but, and Overeem wants to fight him, but now he's going to be uh, probably at least a year or more away from a title shot. So does he try and get a John Jones fight before that? And does Jones risk that? If I'm John Jones, I don't risk that. If I'm the UFC, I don't risk that. You want John Jones to fight for the title for his first fight because you don't want him to maybe lose to a fighter like Derek Lewis. Your money is in John Jones fighting for the title and possibly getting the title at heavyweight. At least give him that chance. This is a, a pure business, pure business way of looking at things. If I'm looking at things through merit, I'm 100% booking Jones and and Lewis. But we know by now, merit has nothing to do with the UFC matchmaking. UFC one is going to want to matchmake John Jones so he can win the title possibly and go from there. If he loses, he's still lost in a title fight. So that's the fallback. If he loses to Derek Lewis in, I'm going to say a, a title eliminator, he lost and he will become quote-unquote damaged goods and he'll have to work his way back up to a title. That's not what the UFC wants. That's not what John Jones wants. That's not good for business or pay-per-view buys. John Jones in a title fight is what's going to happen. So if I'm John Jones, I'm 100% refusing that fight. If I'm the UFC, I'm not even offering that fight. So Derek Lewis, I think, is on or heading to his last fight on his UFC contract. And he, has to, and he has to think about things just like Blades has to think about things. So does, does Lewis do the same kind of calculations? Does he say, I can go to PFL, possibly make a million dollars in one fight, and then go from there? I'm not one fight, one, one year. And then go from there. Can I go to Bellator and win the title there? That's a possibility. Can I go to one, win the title there? That's a possibility. So Lewis is in, I think, a, in the same kind of situation as Blades. They're in the, so he has to look at things as to what what is he more interested in? Is he interested in a title shot at the UFC or is he interested in the bigger paydays? And I think PFL, Bellator, or one could offer Derek Lewis a, a chunk of money that the UFC might not be willing to offer him because he is a popular fighter. He's someone you can sell. He's someone you can market. You get Derek Lewis in front of the microphone, and he's funny. He, he's, his deadpan humor works with almost anyone. Um, he's popular. He brings fans in. Blades, he, he's, he's um, a less of a draw for sure, just because of his style, and he's more of a 
a low key personality than than Lewis because there's not more outspoken personalities than Lewis in the fight game right now. So I think Derek Lewis is a fighter who who should hit that free um, free agency market just to see what's out there and just to maybe drive up his value because if you don't look if you don't hit that free market if you don't hit free agency you don't know what's available to you i think the ufc would throw a ton of money out there to keep Derek lewis that's just my 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 guess and at least i think that would have been the case under the fertita uh, ownership i'm not sure sure now but i think Derek lewis is an earner for the uh, for the ufc and for endeavor so um, I would be surprised if he hit the free agency market if the UFC didn't try and hold on to him. Um, Blades, I think, needs to look at it more as a, the UFC is not my friend here. And the UFC is nobody's friend, but they're not, they're going to be far less willing to pay Curtis Blades big bucks than they are to pay Derek Lewis big bucks. So if I'm Derek Lewis, I'm just hitting the free agency just in the hopes of driving up my earning uh, potential. And maybe if the UFC refuses that, you get a better deal, uh, a more guaranteed kind of a deal from somewhere else. I don't think it hurts him to hit free agency at all. I think it's, uh, I think it would actually help him. So I, I would be, I would love to see Derek Lewis do that, but uh, I don't know if that's going to happen. I hope it does. I would uh, encourage any fighter that is marketable and, on an upswing and able to leverage whatever popularity they have to hit the free agency market because you just don't know what you're going to get. And so if you can get more, try and get more. It's not going to hurt you because the UFC is, if they keep you, if they hold on to you and you don't explore the free agency, you just don't know if they're shafting you. You can assume you're shafting you because history has told us they're shafting you. But if one of the other organizations is offering twice as much as the UFC, well then, take it. This isn't... I mean, Lewis got into MMA to make money. Go make that money, no matter where it needs to be. No, that would be my advice to almost every fighter. So... It'll be interesting to see if, if Lewis and Blades let this all play out, what happens. Um, but I would I would like to see what Derek Lewis gets. And I would hope that Curtis Blades leaves first time he gets a chance. And on that note, short one today. I'm going to wrap it up. Everyone stay safe, and I will be back tomorrow. Tomorrow.